Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of what Robbie and I are officially calling the Pens Cast. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably familiar with us being formerly affiliated with Pensburg, and we were formerly known as the Pensburg Podcast, the official podcast companion of Pensburg, SB Nation's Pittsburgh Penguins website. Well, uh, as we've brought you some of the information over the last couple of weeks, we have moved full steam ahead with a rebrand. And while Pensburg.com continues to be affiliated with Vox Media and SB Nation, the Penscast, however, has gone into a fully independent podcast. Uh, what that means is kind of up in the air right now. There, there are still a lot of details that have to be uh, ironed out over the next couple of weeks. But essentially, Robbie and I are going to continue to bring you Penguins content. We have decided that we're going to move forward. Uh, where we're not going to scrap the podcast. The Pens cast will be the main identity of, of this new podcasting network that we are creating. Uh, and as I mentioned before, we are an independent podcast, completely uh, not affiliated with Vox Media or SB Nation anymore. However, we were approached a, a couple of weeks ago by uh, a man named Jeff Hartman, who, if you're familiar with Behind the Steel Curtain and uh, the, Pitt the Pittsburgh Steelers SB Nation website, you may be familiar with some of Jeff's work through uh, the website and some of the podcasts that Behind the Steel Curtain does. Uh, I, we were uh, contacted by Jeff, and one thing kind of led to another. We were brought on board, and Jeff and a couple of the other members of Behind the Steel Curtain have created this new sort of mega podcasting network called Fans First Sports Network, FFSN. And that is where the Penscast is going to be affiliated from, from here on out. As we continue to try and get some more stable footing with this rebrand. We're going to continue to uh, remind the listeners who have sort of baked this podcast into their routines, weekly routines, that we are not going anywhere. Uh, Robbie and I are going to continue to produce and publish weekly content. There may be some things that we we change, some, some sort of uh, content things that we change and sort of give the listeners how do I want to put it? We're going, we're going to give the listeners even more to listen to. If you're used to the schedule of what we were doing as the Pensburg podcast, you'd know that we'd start each episode with a new segment. Then we'd go into a mailbag segment. Uh, what we're going to do into the future, perhaps as early as next week when this podcast goes live on March the 4th, we're going to create multiple pieces of content, multiple episodes. This episode that you're listening to right now, the first episode under the Penscast uh, Fans First Sports Network banner, this is going to be completely dedicated to Pittsburgh Penguins news and the news that has come about with the NHL's trading deadline. If you're listening to this podcast when it launches on the 4th of March next week, we are likely going to have a separate episode dedicated to our very popular mailbag segment. Uh, we have a lot of regular contributors who, while we were with Pensburg, regularly contributed to a mailbag segment. And what we're going to do is, instead of giving you one weekly episode that's roughly 45 minutes to an hour long, we are going to essentially split that up, give you shorter pieces of content to listen to 
over multiple days of the week. So you'll get a news episode, a mailbag episode. And as things progress, as we go down the line and we continue to grow as the pens cast within the fans first sports network, uh, hopefully you, you like these, these minor changes that we have in store for you. At the end of the day, this is basically a fresh coat of paint on the things that you are already familiar with. Like I mentioned, Robbie and I are going to continue to provide you the content that you were familiar with while we were affiliated with Pennsburg. We basically just have a new name and a couple of different new tricks up our sleeve to try and diversify our content and give the listeners kind of more bang for their buck, if that makes sense. So I've talked and I've rambled for a couple of minutes and I haven't even included Robbie in this discussion. So Robbie, before we get into the news of the week and the trade deadline news, um, I'll hand it over to you as we continue this new transition into what is known as the Pens cast. Yeah. So like Garrett said, it's a, a new, a new venture, but um, I'm, with him, I am very excited for what uh, is to come in the coming uh, days, weeks, and months of uh, this podcast. And I don't know if I don't think he mentioned it during his little rundown there, but uh, we're also going to, it's going to be under the umbrella of the Fan First Sports Network, but also under our own mini umbrella of uh, the Skating Penguin Network, which uh, I'll play off the, the Penguins logo uh, with our name there. And the Pens cast will be one of the podcasts under that umbrella. This summer, we'll sit down and once the hustle and bustle of uh, the season uh, kind of subsides, whenever that is for the Pittsburgh Penguins, we'll uh, see what ideas we can come up with for more content. But uh, starting out, I think breaking up our traditional weekly podcast in two different segments uh, gives us the opportunity to, one, uh, not everybody has the the time for an hour podcast. Uh, they can get long, and they unless it's a a kind of a narrative type podcast that not everybody has uh, time or attention uh, to go through a 60 minute podcast or 45 minute podcast every day, every day of the week. So uh, what this does is uh, it gives us the opportunity to kind of shorten that down. And I think it gives us an opportunity to maybe dive in a little bit more into the nitty gritty of certain topics and, uh, and goings on with, uh, in the hockey world or with the Penguins in general, sometimes maybe it, if you were a listener, it felt like we glossed over uh, some topics uh, to make room for our mailbags and our mailbags this season. I, Garrett can attest to this as well. And if you're a listener, you know our mailbags have been exemplary so far this year with the input uh, from our readers. Uh, a lot of there's a few names that you guys hear every week that have been big contributors all season and have given us uh, a lot to talk about and. With them, uh, with that participation, we'd be able to create uh, good content, uh, get your questions answered. Uh, but at the same time, maybe we kind of sacrifice some game recaps or uh, some maybe gloss over some news notes. So breaking it up gives us a chance to uh, give you the content you deserve for listening and getting your questions answered at the same time. And that's something that um, we want to make sure that we provide our, our, our listener base is good content. Um, both our opinions and uh, being able to hit on your uh, your content as well. Uh, so going forward, obviously, once we sit down this offseason and maybe even we reach out to the listener base, Garrett, and see what ideas they would like. Um, it doesn't have to be an every week kind of episode, but maybe once a month we sit down uh, and do an interview with someone. Maybe we di- Maybe we do an episode a month just focused on the other 31 teams in the NHL. 
uh, to kind of go over that. Um, who knows? There's a lot uh, that can be going on uh, as this podcast grows. This is just a uh, a first step for us, and it's um, a big step for us, but uh, we didn't get to pick the timing of when all this happened. We'd like to uh, dive right in and expand as much as possible as soon as possible, but due to the fact that it's March and not July, um, we're going to just start with baby steps and kind of break this podcast up into two episodes for everyone. Uh, and then this summer sit down um, and maybe even sit down with the crew at fan first to see what ideas we can come up with to uh, create good content uh, for you guys, not only the rest of the season, but for hopefully many seasons to come uh, again, we are formerly the Pensburg podcast, which um, all of you listen to. And this podcast uh, should download right into your uh, normal Pensburg podcast feed uh if you already followed the pensburg podcast twitter account uh the tweets are going to be right there for you except uh we have a new logo on the way here hopefully in a couple weeks we have uh the the team at fan first has somebody that's going to be creating a logo for us so uh, we won't be under construction uh forever so uh, thank you guys for listening and um, if garrett has anything else to add for our little introduction here uh, he can go ahead and do that. But if not, we'll get into the NHL trade deadline. Just to put a bow on this, uh, I think one of the biggest things we are going to face as a newly independent podcast and a new member of this sort of startup company, this startup endeavor, is the the aspect of growing, growing our listenership, growing our brand to get more ears and eyeballs on what we are and what we want to do and continue to give not only to our mainstay listeners like Brendan and Brian, those guys who have routinely asked us questions in our mailbag segment, but as we are entering sort of this new era of the podcast, I think one of the biggest things that we can do is continue to grow on social media. And because of that, Robbie mentioned it, the sort of uh, umbrella network that we have created is called the Skating Penguin Network. And as Robbie described, under the Skating Penguin Network is where we are going to house these podcasts, these smaller, more digestible podcasts, You're the, the news podcasts, the interview podcasts, the, the uh, recap podcast, mailbag podcast, like Robbie was mentioning. Because we have the opportunity to create smaller pieces of content for you, it opens up more opportunities to, like Robbie said, instead of giving you a 90-minute or a two-hour podcast, giving you that once a week and making it more digestible and accessible for you, maybe 15 to 20 to 25-minute shows, that is, ideally, that is what is going to create a, a larger, more sustainable audience for us. And so if you'd like to help us get off the ground, as this is our first episode under this new banner, you can do so by following our social media. There are a couple of social media platforms, primarily on Twitter. And I'm sure as we grow and expand, we will continue to grow onto other social media platforms. But for now, uh, the primary social media platform is Twitter. The Skating Penguin Network can be found with the uh, username at Penguins, F-F-S-N. And I'll repeat that again. The Skating Penguin Network, you can follow on Twitter and get updates for new episodes, new kinds of content. You can follow what Robbie and I are doing now at Penguins, F-F-S-N. 
And if you'd like to follow our our new company that we are now affiliated with, the Fans First Sports Network, you can also do that on Twitter and help us grow the company even larger on Twitter as well at Fans First SN. So again, that's Fans First Sports Network. That's the overarching company that took us, the Penscast, into their company. You can follow them on Twitter at Fans First SN. You can follow us, the Skating Penguin Network, at Penguins FFSN. And all of these socials, if you're listening through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, if you find this on Pensburg.com for the time being, all of these socials will be linked in your podcasting platform of choice. If you're a constant user of Twitter and social media, you will have easy access to all of these po- these social media platforms. I'm going to make sure to link to all of the appropriate social channels as we continue to grow this project. Basically a long-winded introduction into what we are now calling ourselves the Skating Penguin Network and the Penscast. So that'll basically wrap up this this introductory segment of the show. And now, like Ravi mentioned, the reason why you're here, the reason why you're tuning into this podcast is so for us to talk about the 2023 NHL trading deadline. And Ravi uh, I sent you an outline. We're recording this on in the afternoon of March 3rd. I sent you an outline uh, yesterday evening, March 2nd, after the Penguins had made their 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 big splashy move, I guess you could call it, the acquisition of Mikel Granlund. And, uh, well, Ron Hextall continued to make moves up until the 3 p.m. deadline. So let's start, Robbie. Uh, let's start with what I had written down originally, the big name. If you want to call it that, the big name the Penguins acquired from the Nashville Predators, forward Mikel Granlund. Uh, Granlund was traded for a a second-round draft pick, I believe, to the Nashville Predators. Looking at this transaction on paper, Robbie, Granlund is a 31-year-old forward who has a cap hit of $5 million with two years left on his contract after this one. This was kind of a head scratcher. Like I said, I, I really don't see the value in adding uh, another player over the age of 30 with a lot of term left on that contract who maybe five or six years ago, Granlin would, ha- would have been a, a, a decent play driving top nine forward. But considering the Penguins were in, were in reported discussions for possible major upgrades like defenseman Jacob Chikrin or Brock Besser or JT Miller from the Vancouver Canucks for the Penguins to land on Mikhail Granlund for that to be their big kind of home run acquisition kind of leaves a lot to be desired. Uh, again, I, he, he's over 30 years old with a lot of term left on that contract. Uh, we'll get into some of the other trades as well that the Penguins have made to clear salary cap room, but Robbie, as you see this now, the acquisition of Mikhail Granlund, do you think this is an upgrade to improve the Penguins' bottom six? Because right now, unless things change and he comes into like a change of scenery kind of deal, I, I don't really see how this is going to be uh, a needle mover for the Penguins and their bottom six. So as far as needle moving, I mean, at first, it's yeah, this is... A head scratcher is definitely putting it about as perfectly as I think anybody could. And so the, this trade came on the heels of the Jacob Chikrin trade from Arizona to Ottawa, which everybody thought the Penguins, and they were reportedly in on it. Um, everybody thought the Penguins were 
zeroing on in on him and had a really good chance of getting it. And then to see that the return was, I mean, lukewarm at best, I'd say easily something the Penguins that despite the lack of assets, so to say, there was no players sent to Arizona. It was strictly picks going from Ottawa to Arizona, and they are picks that the Penguins, I think, easily could have given up without sacrificing what I would say as too much. The rumor was that if they would have moved Teddy Bluger sooner, they could have made this possible. Don't buy it because the Bluger move came not long after the chicken trade uh, was announced. So I think on on the surface, that was kind of a kick in the guts is not getting uh, chicken because it seemed like the Penguins were right there. And then and seeing what the return actually was and seeing that the Penguins easily could have done something like that was definitely a kick in the gut. And then on the heels of that news came the trade for Michael Granlund. And if you look at just his box score numbers, it isn't the worst thing in the world. The assist numbers are good. He doesn't score a lot, which is obviously an issue with the Penguins' depth is they don't score a lot. So that way it kind of it, it was kind of a kick in the gut. But it, the numbers weren't awful. What was awful was when they put up the player cards with the uh, the analytic numbers. It was, in some ways, a, a worse situation than Jeff Carter. His numbers are not good defensively. He is not a four-checker, which is what the Penguins' entire system basically is. It's a heavy four-check system, and that is a huge problem with uh, the Penguins' third line as is. Or, or what it was, was that they couldn't score and they didn't forecheck. And the Penguins need that. And Mike Mikhail Granlin does not bring that. He can kill penalties, but and he does have good assist numbers, but he's not playing with guys that are going to fill the net. And that was kind of, yeah, just a kick in uh, the gut coming on the hills of the chicken news. But one thing I will say, and I kind of thought about this uh, kind of last night into the day. Another trade that was rumored at the time was the Penguins going after either JT Miller in Vancouver or Brock Besser also from Vancouver. Both guys that I would have, if I had to pick one of the two, I would have picked JT Miller, a little bit better player, not having the best season. Uh, his big issue is that contract is an albatross and it's not going to age well. So to make that contract work, they would have to give up a significant piece going back. And the big, the big name name or names that were floated were either Marcus Pedersen or Pierre Olivier Joseph, and that is an and or. There was some talk that both guys could be going uh, in a JT Miller, uh, Brock Bester trade situation. And I think if your choices were that, while I think that either Bester or Miller would have been a better player than Granlin, getting Granlin for only giving up a second round pick is better than getting JT Miller or Brock Bester while giving up two key parts of your defense. Marcus Pedersen is having a year. Marcus Pedersen is putting up, for what he's making, a phenomenal performance this season. And Pierre-Olivier Joseph, for as much as we talked about him being a free agent or a trade piece back at the beginning of the season, has developed into a very, very good NHL defenseman to the point where we all thought Ty Smith was just going to wait down in the AHL a little bit until uh, it was time for, uh, until they traded Joseph. And now all of a sudden, Ty Smith has made a short cameo this season and Pierre-Olivier Joseph has developed into a top four defensive for the Penguins. So that way, if again, if you could have gotten JT Miller for just picks, 
I think even with that contract, that yeah, I'd rather have him over Mikhail Granlin. But giving comparing the returns and that Granlin does not do much to move the needle. If anything, it's a complete wash on the third line now because uh, Jeff Carter's still probably your center and there's a lot to work out there. I'm happy that they only made the Granlin deal. Not because Granlin makes this team a Stanley Cup contender, because it didn't make the, it did force them into making a trade for JT Miller with that huge contract while giving up two very at least two at least one maybe two very important pieces to that blue line. So yeah, Granlin not great, not going to move the needle. Uh, in fact, in a way, maybe makes them a little bit worse. And uh, cap management wise, not a great move. He signed for two more years after this year at five million. There was no salary tension. But comparing the returns, uh, I'm glad they didn't sell away uh, the farm on defense to get an albatross contract and JT Miller, who's not having the best season. I agree. On paper, the the, the defense, you mentioned it, and I looked at some of the advanced metrics uh, from Marcus Pedersen in the season he's having. I am glad that the Penguins didn't sacrifice two of their quality left-handed defensemen. Joseph has blossomed into what looks to be a steady NHL defenseman now, Marcus Pedersen, perhaps having the season of his career to this point. So uh, the Penguins' defense largely stays intact with the addition of a player that we will get to momentarily. But, Robbie, you mentioned it in, in your discussion there. A precursor to the Granlin deal was the trade of center Teddy Bluger to the Vegas Golden Knights. Teddy Bluger was traded to Vegas in exchange for Defenseman Peter DeLibatore and a 2024 third-round draft pick. Bluger was on an expiring contract, and he hadn't really reached the level of production he sustained perhaps one or two seasons ago. His defensive metrics had sort of fallen off a cliff. Ideally, this means Ryan Paling or Drew O'Connor is going to take his place on the fourth line. Robbie, you kind of mentioned it there, but it looks like Bluger's time in the black and gold has come to an end. He is going, uh, he's going back into Vegas gold instead of Pittsburgh gold. So looking at Bluger heading over into the Western Conference, uh, what were your thoughts on what was essentially a salary, it was a salary cap trade for a draft pick to get rid of Bluger. What were your thoughts on the, the Bluger trade and, and really his time here in Pittsburgh? His time in Pittsburgh, I think uh, he did what really what he was there to do, except the scoring just even for a fourth line guy just was not there. And you just needed a little more offensive production. And for as good as he was defensively, I, what he was making, it just, it was a logical move. Uh, he probably wasn't the more I think about it. the I don't think he was coming back next season. Uh, he was on an expiring contract and basically he was moved um, just for the Grandland trade. I mean, that's, it was a small price of business Nothing was really, um, no major pieces were moved in the deal. The Penguins get an AHL defenseman out of it, who and he was re-libatore. He was assigned directly to the AHL upon uh, the completion of the trade. And I mean, yeah, it blew. He served his role in Pittsburgh admirably for uh, all those years, but now it's uh, that part's over. That that chapter closes and. If you see what the Penguins do have in the system, it's not great, but there are plenty of guys down there that can fill the role that Bluger was um, and probably provide a little more of an offensive spark. Uh, we saw a little bit against Tampa Bay and Drew O'Connor. 
O'Connor is firmly kind of established himself at this moment uh, as a an NHL player. I think you're going to see Alex Nylander in the near future. He's tearing it up down there for two million bucks. You can easily fill that role out with guys that are uh, making much less. And uh, it's too bad that if that was what held up the chicken trade, then that is absolutely uh, malpractice by Ron Hextall, which pretty much, I guess, would define most of his tenure here in Pittsburgh. If Yeah, if that is what held up the deal because you couldn't make the money work because of Teddy Bluger of all players, then that is a completely different topic to, to discuss. But yeah, I think the move, it makes sense. Uh, for many reasons, it, it helped facilitate the Grandland trade. Uh, he was on an expiring contract anyway, and really you did get something for him. I mean, so you did get a pick and an AHL guy. When, I mean, those are kind of wild cards. You never know uh, what that can, can bring forth. So good luck to Teddy. No hard feelings there at all. He did what he was asked to do, and uh, when he was doing his specialty at the top of his game, he was very good at it. The lack of scoring really killed him, and there's guys that can – play defense like he can but add a little more scoring and the penguins have some of those guys already in the system so uh, a hockey trade and can't really say too much about it other than uh, it is what it is and good luck to teddy in vegas so in the outline that i sent to you last evening robbie i i typed the, the next thing i wanted to talk about was brock mcginn and mark friedman were put on the waiver wire they both cleared waivers and they were sent to wilkes-barre scranton these were obviously salary cap maneuvers as Ron Hextall continued to work the phones. However, Brock McGinn is is factored into the next part of this discussion. The Penguins traded Brock McGinn and a draft pick to the Anaheim Ducks for veteran defenseman Dmitry Kulikov. The, the Penguins get out of Kasperi Kapanen's contract, who was put on the waiver wire. He was somehow claimed by the St. Louis Blues, so thank you very much, St. Louis, for getting the Penguins out of the Kasperi Kapanen contract. And then hours later, the the second Albatross contract, if you want to call it that, Brock McGinn, who in, in my estimation is, is a fourth liner. He is a competent NHL fourth line player who is overpaid. He was traded to Anaheim in exchange for defenseman Dmitry Kulikov, who's on an expiring contract. Some salary was retained. This is kind of, if I'm looking for a positive here of this trade deadline, we talked about it before we started recording, and maybe we'll give our trade grades at the end of this discussion, but if if there is a, a positive thing to take out of this, the, the Granlin contract is very unfavorable. I don't like it one bit. And the, the fact that there's term there for the next couple of seasons, I don't like that much at all, as a matter of fact. However, the Penguins were able to get out of Kasperi Kapanen's contract now they were able to get out of Brock McGinn's contract for uh, pending unrestricted free agent defenseman and Dmitry Kulikov. So McGinn is gone. Kapanen is gone. Mark Friedman is in Wilkes-Barre-Scranton. Dmitry Kulikov is on his way to Pittsburgh. Robbie, uh, this kind of reminds me of the trade that, that Hextall made at the deadline last season, bringing in defenseman Nathan Bovillier. He didn't suit up for the Penguins. He, he was more or less uh, uh, basically there as an emergency break glass now scenario for the Penguins on their blue line. This kind of strikes me in a similar tone, but I'll, I'll turn it over to you, Robbie. They get out of these contracts of McGinn and Kapanen. They bring in Kulikov and a player that we're going to mention, we'll save for last, 
uh, another player from the West Coast as well. But we'll start with Kulikov. Robbie, what, what are your thoughts on bringing in the veteran defenseman and getting out of Brock McGinn's contract? So I think I, the big uh, the big piece here is getting out from that contract. Dmitry Kulikov comes to the Penguins on a blue line that's already a complete logjam. Not a great year he's putting up in Anaheim, but what I will say is that Anaheim is the worst defensive team in the NHL. That is just a disaster for a guy like Kulikov, and he's in the midst of his first season with the Ducks, and when he was traded in August, he wasn't his last year was not bad. If you look at his player card, his analytics, not bad. And he did drop down a little bit between 2020-2021 season and the 21-22 season. A slight dip, but nothing like he's his analytics this year are terrible. A lot of that can probably be chalked up to playing in Anaheim. I don't know what role, if any role, he's going to have in Pittsburgh. He's a third-pairing defenseman at best. And Again, that could have simply been a move to just get out of the Brock McGinn contract, which a shrewd bit of business by Hextall, so I got to give him credit there. Uh, Kulikov, he's 31. I don't think that this is the worst move. I don't think, I think playing on a team like the Penguins has a chance to just a better team. I know the Penguins have struggled this year, but they haven't been Anaheim bad. Uh, so just playing on a better team. Uh, with a better system, could make him a completely different player if he comes to Pittsburgh and plays any significant time again. I don't know where he fits in uh, as a left-handed defenseman on this team right now. Do you maybe give him a shot with if Brian Dumlin can't go, if Brian Dumlin gets hurt, or what? I don't. Th- again, he's not going to come out and be a star, but he could very well still be a very solid defenseman uh, for the Penguins in the stretch on if called upon. But I think the big takeaway here is getting out from under that McKin that McGinn contract. Um, it's just, it's never good when the GM is moving players that he signed. Uh, Rutherford had a habit of doing that. And Hextall seems to be doing that as well. It's never a great sign that when a GM starts to do that, but whatever it took to get out from under those contracts uh, is a bonus, uh, a little hat tip to the, uh, to the St. Louis Blues for helping the Penguins get out of the the captain contract. Uh, and next, the, it will give, hopefully, um, even through all this, we still end up with a new general manager heading into next season. And it gives that guy a, a, not having to worry about those contracts uh, on the books and it'll give them a little more breathing room uh, with the salary cap. So the Kulikov trade, the big takeaway is moving McGinn. Uh, and maybe Kulikov comes in and does give you some a solid defense, which uh, something the Penguins definitely could use. All right. We will save the nostalgia trade for last. This is it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you were a fan of those 2016, 2017 Stanley cup winning teams, you will maybe be a fan of this trade. The one and only Nick Bonino is back in Pittsburgh. He was traded to Pittsburgh as part of a three-team trade with the San Jose Sharks and Montreal Canadiens. Benino, 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 Benino is back in Pittsburgh. The San Jose Sharks receive a couple of draft picks. Montreal comes in to facilitate this as part of a three-team trade. Montreal is going to retain 50% of Nick Benino's contract. 
which was a $2.05 million cap hit. So Bonino is going to be paid roughly a little over a million dollars. He is on an expiring contract, the same as Kulikov. So I imagine Bonino, Robbie, is going to come in. He can provide a bit more offense than Teddy Bluger can. I don't think he's as ineffective as maybe maybe some were led to believe. But Bonino is back in Pittsburgh. He's probably going to slot on that fourth-line center role. I, I was not expecting this. However, I will say... I was putting that outline together on, uh, th- this is Friday, we're recording this, so it was Thursday night. I'm putting this outline together, and I'm scrolling Twitter, it's like 10.30, 11 o'clock at night, and uh, I see James Reimer and Nick Bonino were hugging each other. I'm seeing tweets that they were hugging each other, which is typically a sign that one or both of those players had been traded, and uh, I-, I submit the outline, I send it to you over email, I go to bed, and I wake up, and I see that Nick Benito was on his way out of San Jose to come back to the black and gold. So uh, again, Benito isn't going to be the same kind of player he was six or seven years ago on that third line as part of the HBK line with Kessel and, and Carl Haglund. But Benito is back. I don't believe he's going to be as much of a black hole maybe as Teddy Bluger was offensively or defensively. So... Hey, in 2023, nostalgia sells hard, and having one of those key contributors of those Stanley Cup winning teams back here in the black and gold, I know he was a very much beloved teammate, and uh, he, he's back. Nick Bonino is back. Robbie, uh, this is the, the last trade that we're going to discuss. We I don't know if it's the best for last, but we'll save the nostalgia for last. What is your thought on reuniting Nick Benino with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, frankly, I of all the trades, I like this one the best. Uh, like you mentioned, isn't going to be something that it's not going to, yeah, it's not going to drastically change them, but I definitely think that Benino still has something to give uh, in those legs. He's not going to be the guy uh, that you, like you mentioned, that was centering the, the great, the legendary HBK line back in 2016, but he's still a dude that can play. And, then the nostalgia factor aside, if we took all that away, if Benino had never played for the Penguins, it's still a trade that I would be fine with. And they got him for relatively nothing. I think a fifth round pick and a seventh round pick, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um, again, it was something that kind of the rumors were out there and it kind of came together pretty quickly, uh, especially when um, it, I kind of felt like the trade deadline ended at the, the Grandland trade. It kind of felt like the Penguins were done. That was it. And then I'm like, oh, wait, no, we still have two days left. So, yeah, the Penguins can still make trades in these closing hours here. And the Bedino one overall, he knows the system. He knows the team. He's a guy that is going to be great in the locker room for the, for this team for however long that locker room is still together for this final, what, 20 games, hopefully a little bit more in the playoffs. But I think it's a solid trade by Ron Hextall. Of all the ones, I'd rate this one the highest. Nostalgia factor aside, this I think that Nick Benino still has the legs to bring something to this team uh, and help them out, especially uh, defensively. Again, maybe not as much offense as he produced back in his heyday with the Penguins, but defensively, I don't think you lose much of anything, especially if he takes over the Bluger role. Then I think he is an upgrade over Bluger. If he jumps up to that third line, uh, and can play some minutes there uh, and get Carter off that role, then 
and produce there, then I think it's an even bigger bonus and even better trade. Uh, but we'll see what the plan is uh, going forward. But overall, nothing too negative to say about this trade, if anything negative at all. So that will wrap up the trade deadline news. There is one little extra piece of news that I saw a couple of days ago. The Penguins signed uh, one of their defensive prospects, Isaac Beliveau, to an entry-level contract. Beliveau, who we've discussed through a mailbag question. I can't remember if it was Brian or Brendan or someone else asking that mailbag question a couple of weeks ago about Beliveau's production. But here he is. The Penguins signed Beliveau, a 2021 fifth-round draft pick. He will turn professional and report to the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins next season. He's listed at six foot two, 185 pounds. He's a left-handed defenseman, so he has the size and mobility of an NHL-caliber defenseman, but he will remain something of a project as a late-round blue liner. Uh, we'll see how well he develops and see if he can uh, turn anything out when he reports to Wilkes-Barre Scranton. But that is, that's all the news that I wanted to cover. Uh, th- this week's news-only episode, the first episode of the Penscast. So, uh, again, uh, like we did in the intro, we'll reiterate some of this stuff in the outro If you want to continue to follow us, Robbie and I, and support us on this new venture that we're going on, you can do so by following the Skating Penguin Network, formerly the Pennsburg Podcast. You can follow the Skating Penguin Network on Twitter at PenguinsFFSN. Uh, You can follow the Fans First Sports Network, which is the company that we have uh, come uh, into agreement with, where all of our podcasting content will be housed in the future. If you want to follow them on Twitter as well, give them a follow at FansFirstSN. If you want to follow Robbie and I on Twitter, you can do that as well. Follow Robbie on Twitter at RJNoggle2. Follow myself on Twitter at G-Bahana, G-B-E-H-A-N-N-A. I think I got all the socials out of the way. This was a a longer episode just by the nature of it being the first episode under the Penscast banner and all of the trade deadline news that we wanted to bring to you. But in the future, uh, I would anticipate these news episodes being anywhere from maybe 20 to 25 minutes in length. I would imagine, like we said at the start, if we're going to break up content and have multiple smaller episodes over the course of any given week, you know, you get 20, 15, 20, 25 minute episodes for news. You get that sort of similar kind of structure for our mailbag episodes. Or if we do like Robbie said, once a month, uh, we do an interview episode with somebody, or if uh, we do like a roundtable discussion with some of our mailbag contributors that was mentioned a couple of weeks ago, uh, that will certainly be on the table as well as we continue to expand. Uh, but we'd like to thank you for continuing to listen to what is now known as the Penscast, formerly the Pensburg Podcast. We'd like to thank you for for continuing to stick with us with this new venture, um, you know, building things from the ground up. Uh, basically what is a startup company is never easy. Uh, but we just like to think that with the listener base that we have cultivated through Pensburg, hopefully most, if not all of that will carry over into this new venture with the skating penguin network and fans first sports network. So, uh, that's about all I have to say as we conclude this first episode of the Penscast. Uh, Robbie, do you have anything else you'd like to say before we wrap this one up? No, I mean, I think I'm really looking forward to where we go from here, especially with the future of what is now the Pens Cast, which was the Pensburg Podcast. And uh, we've met with 
the uh, all the all the main players in the uh, that that are heading up the fan sports uh, network, fans first network, um, being led by uh, some of the team at uh, behind the steel curtain, which is the Steelers website at SB Nation. And if you're familiar with them, I'm sure that we have uh, some listeners that are also Steeler fans. I mean, only logical to come to that conclusion. Uh, and that I'm I'm sure that they have maybe tuned into one of their episodes, and those guys have been uh, pretty much since. I mean, I don't know when exactly you received the first email, uh, G, but it was right within days of uh, the news dropping that we were being uh, that our podcast was being cut by uh, by Vox slash SB Nation, and it's been pretty much nonstop since uh, that day. Uh, in January that the, that news came down and they've been at the forefront of running this operation. So a big thanks uh, to those guys for getting this started. Uh, we had a kind of, I guess you could call it like a all hands meeting. Uh, it wasn't mandatory, just an optional. If you had any questions uh, with, and we got to meet some of the other, um, other producers of other sites. I know that um, just off the top of my head, the Canon, the CBJ, the, the blue jackets podcast is, uh, going to be one of the six, I believe, six NHL uh, podcasts that will be uh, ready at launch of of the Fan First Network. Uh, so happy to have them on board. If you're a baseball fan, there's going to be a lot of MLB offerings. And then, of course, NFL as well. I believe there might be some NBA there as well. And I think even if you're a soccer fan, there will be some MLS. And the exciting news is they're going to be looking to expand all the time. So there's going to be something for everybody. We're really happy to be a part of it. And I think that you're going to be able to see significant growth here in the coming weeks with our podcast, starting uh, like Garrett said, as possibly as soon as next week with a mailbag episode and a news episode uh, coming. So look out for that mailbag tweet, get your questions in and uh, we'll get those answered. And then we'll get the ball rolling. uh, Now that we kind of cut the tape and, it's time to get going here at Penn's Cast and the Skating Penguin Network, and uh, we think you're really going to enjoy it, and I think that uh, you're going to see a lot of growth uh, here in the coming coming months. That will do it for the first episode now known as the Penn's Cast. For Robbie Noggle, I have been Garrett Behanna. Thank you so much for, for sticking with us, for listening to us uh, over the course of this this crazy roller coaster ride. We are not going anywhere. If anything, we are going to continue to bring you what we hope is some great audio podcasting content focused on the Pittsburgh Penguins in the the near future. So stay with us. We hope you join us for the ride and wherever it takes us. Uh, For Robbie Noggle, I have been Garrett Behanna. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the Penns Cast, and we will talk to you sometime next week.